because signing day ain't what it used to be, kids. Like it was back in my day. But signing day it was nonetheless, and we have a couple of uh, Syracuse basketball recruiting stories, some juicy ones to get to at that. So uh, when we talk about that, we turn to this man right here, still beaming from his Philadelphia Eagles, clinching the Super Bowl. Fly, Eagles fly. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Mike McAllister with us. Michael, how you doing, bud? I'm doing fantastic, and I think you need to do a dramatic reading of Philadelphia Eagles tweets on your show at some point. I'm in. If they win the Super Bowl, I'm in. Let's go. As you know, I picked your Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. The other half of that prediction didn't quite pan out, and that's a shame. But I will be rooting for your That's a shame for everyone involved because that was my preferred matchup as well because, as you know, I am a huge Josh Allen fan. Correct. (sighs) <sighs> someday, someday, Michael. Uh, did you get an opportunity to fawn over one Jalen Hurts uh, Monday night at the JMA Wireless? Uh, you know, it's it's funny because, as, as you know, I have interns that help me out every single year. And mm-hmm. so before the season starts, we divvy up uh, the games and who's going to which games. And I try to give out as many as possible to the interns to, you know, allow them the opportunity and the and the experience. And the Virginia game was one I gave to um, our Sydney Staples, who I'm not sure if she's in one of your classes or not. She is? I I know Sydney, future star in the media biz, as you know. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. So um, she got to go cover the game, and I'm glad for her that it was was an entertaining game. Even if Syracuse fans were disappointed in in the final outcome. That's that's big of um, you, Mike. That's big of you. But if I was in your situation, I would say, hey, listen, that's Jalen Hurts. Like, you're you're going to the... But see, by the time I found out, it was too late. As you know, once the credentials are in, they're in. And and you're not switching... This is true. So, and you're, you know, you're, it, you're a dad. You got life going on. Same thing happened right. with me. I like I, I get knowledge that Josh Allen's going to be at the dome like 20 minutes before the game. Hey, thanks. Probably yeah, would have been helpful. there if that was the case, that's right? Helpful. I but, know. Yeah. I mean, Adam Weitzman really needs to clear this stuff with us he first really to see if it works in our schedule. He really does. Really does. Yeah. Come on, Adam. You know my number. <laughs> Come on. Now. All right. On to other matters here. Uh, how you feeling today that signing day is not quite signing day? What's What's the vibe? Well, I mean, I, I still feel okay because signing day is just really a little bit earlier, right? So it's, it's in December instead of February. So um, you get to celebrate, you know, new presents on the uh, football team around Christmas time instead of around Valentine's Day. So, you know, it's, it's, it's different in terms of the time frame of it, but, you know, the excitement's still there. It's just a little bit earlier than what it traditionally was before they installed the early period. Um, typically in the late period, even though there's not nearly as much activity, there's still at least a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll get to who they signed here shortly. But, um, you know, they had one transfer long snapper, which isn't going to really move the needle, even if that position is important, and it is. Um, and then, you know, you had one wide receiver signee out of Texas who I think – most people probably hadn't really heard of, um, you know, until the news dropped today. So it, it's it's not going to move the needle a ton, but we'll see we'll see how it ends up uh, impacting the program. But there's no question that the buzz around February is far less uh, for a program like Syracuse than what it used to be. You assume correctly that we were going to ask about those players. I actually do want to start with the long snapper, believe it or not, because Mike, uh, you hear a long snap long snapper's name twice the day they sign and if they screw up. Right, that's right. the only time you ever hear those names. So I hope that one Tom Callahan. Uh, this is the only time we talk about his name in in that light. And look, special teams matters. You've got a transfer punter 
You've got to transfer a long snapper. They're going to integrate a new kicker next year. Like, this is important stuff. But tell me about uh, who they brought in today. Yeah, and, and the other thing with Tom Callahan is you get all the Tommy Boy references, too, right? So that's that's fantastic. That that was great scouting by the Syracuse football team to give us someone that we could, you know, relive some Tommy Boy magic with. I, th- I think that was a great addition. If you're going to bring in a long snapper, why not bring in someone that gives you movie references, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's... Someone who was, you know, first team all conference by Phil Steele. Uh, he told me that he had offers from the ACC, the Big 12, and uh, I think he said the Big 10 as well. So he had a bunch of offers from Power 5 schools. And, you know, just, just because you see someone from an FCS level moving up and it's a long snapper, I don't think that should immediately make you all whoop de doo Why does this matter? Well, the reason that maybe a lot of Syracuse fans haven't really known who Syracuse's long snapper has been the last several years is because they've all been really good and yeah. they haven't made mistakes. And so you want to continue that. So if every Syracuse fan that will poo-poo this move or say it doesn't really matter the second that that guy makes a mistake and it costs you a game or costs you points in the middle of an, of an important game, all of a sudden they're going to say, why didn't Syracuse go hit the portal and get a really good long snapper? Well, they just did. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's preventative maintenance, so to speak. You don't want to, you don't want to regret not getting one of those guys, uh, you know, midway through the season, you want to get them when you have a need at that point. And they do right now because Aaron Belinsky is gone. So bring in Tom Callahan, someone who's experienced there. And the interesting thing about him, he actually started out on the defensive line uh, when he signed out of high school and then transferred over to, to become a long snapper and has done extremely well there. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I think Syracuse got a guy that, as you said, we won't hear much about, which means he's doing his job very well. Daryl Gill Jr., the other signee today, Mike, you mentioned it, a tall receiver, 6'3", 4'4", speed out of Texas. And, just recently visited, and that was good enough for him. He signed on the dotted line today. Tell us about him. Yeah, he had Purdue and, and Washington State among his offers, and I had heard that Texas Tech and Baylor were also involved with him at one point. Uh, and Washington State and and uh, you know Purdue were trying, uh, as well as San Diego State, were trying to get him to forego signing and wait until after you know there's a dead period right now, which means you can't visit um, up until the end of this month. So they were hoping that he would forego signing and wait until got into early March so that he could take a visit to those schools and they could try to convince him to come there. But his visit to Syracuse, as you mentioned, was enough for him to feel comfortable. 6'3", 4'4", speed, as you said, track star. You get a guy from Texas who has those measurables. That's a pretty good base to start with as a wide receiver. But I'll tell you what stood out to me when I watched his highlight tape, when I found out he was coming to visit and let me figure out who this kid is. Is he any good? And a lot of times when you have someone with those measurables, right, that's that's a little bit bigger than a lot of the defensive backs he's going to be matching up against and has that type of track speed, you see two things. You see fades in the red zone and you see go routes because the guys that he's going up against aren't going to be able to match up with him physically, which gives him an advantage on those fades in the red zone. And they're not going to have the type of speed to stay with him down the field. Hence the go route. What you saw with Daryl Gill was a variety of routes. 
including when they went down the field. He ran the traditional go routes. He ran the post. He would uh, run a sluggo. He would run a corner route. Then you'd see him on some wheel routes. They'd throw him some screen passes. So a little bit of everything. And I think that gives him a chance to be able to learn the offense a little bit quicker than perhaps your, your typical high school wide receiver because he, he already knows how to run a lot of those more complex routes than what you typically see in high school offenses. So I think that benefits him. And, you know, the, the playing at a high level in Texas, he was playing at the highest level, the highest, I think it was in 6A um, in Texas, and they were the number 10th ranked team in the state, finished 11-3. and three. He had almost 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns during his senior season. So I think this is a guy, if you're going to take a flyer on someone, that's a pretty good guy to take a flyer on. So we'll see how he develops, but I certainly think there's a lot to work with, and he's got a very high ceiling. Mike McAllister, our guest here on ESPN Syracuse, QSportsTalk.com, signing day today. And one more note on that, Mike. I mean, we have seen half of the uh, Syracuse football staff transition in and out. So that's going to have a recruiting impact, and, and that's my question there. From a recruiting standpoint, how do you view the coaches that have been brought in? Well, I like what they did in New Jersey specifically because we know that Syracuse had been trying to get back into that state and losing Nick Monroe, who was kind of their lead guy in, in New Jersey, and losing uh, Khalil Ahmad, who was the director of high school relations, but also had a ton of connections in New Jersey. He was a big reason why they were able to have some success the last couple of recruiting cycles in that state. Bringing in a guy like uh, Nunzio Campanelli, from, uh, who's their new tight ends coach, comes over from Rutgers, is really important because he's a former high school coach in that state, very well respected, very highly regarded, and he'll have a ton of connections, and that will help Syracuse continue to recruit in that state. So I think that's a, a really good thing for recruiting is to grab a guy like that. Otherwise, you know, um, we're still kind of waiting on official announcements for guys like you know Travis Fisher and and those type of guys, but. Um, I think I think they've done a nice job with the guys that they've gotten to replace some of their better recruiters. We'll just have to see how it all plays out. And the big thing is we're waiting to see who takes over in Florida for Nick Monroe. I think that's the number one thing that we're going to kind of keep an eye on. Which will probably be Fisher at this point, I would imagine, because he did a lot of that, that in makes Nebraska. The most that makes the most sense, but we'll see how that goes. And In particular, getting back into New Jersey, Mike, with Nunzio, I was talking to uh, somebody today who is really tapped into New Jersey, is now working in New Jersey, and is right in the heart of some of these big names, including the school that he came from. And it's just different. I mean, relationships are important everywhere, but Jersey is a unique state. I've got family in Jersey. I just there's, there's a dynamic about relationships and certain things that have to be massaged the right way. And bringing in a guy like Nunzio, who's – his name is famous in that state. Coached at Rutgers, knows every coach to talk to, knows all the connections. Like that is a big, big move for this coaching staff to get him to come on board for however long it's going to be. There's no question, and as you said, relationships are, are huge in recruiting in general, but they are bigger there because you can get into a school, and because of your relationship you can almost have high school coaches kind of save a guy for you, right? Like a bunch of schools will come in and say, oh, who do you got? And you'll say, oh, we got this guy, this guy, and this guy. And they'll just forget to mention a certain guy because you've got a relationship with a coach 
from a school. And then when they come in, you'll say, hey, I got this guy that I haven't told anybody about. And he's really good. You need to take a look at him. Then all of a sudden you'll see Syracuse extend an offer to some kid at a school where 12 other schools have already come in. Nobody offered him. And all these other schools are going, wait a minute, who is that? And then all of a sudden the offer, you know, floodgates open in terms of the other offers. But it gives a school leg up in terms of developing that relationship, being the first offer, which can be impactful. So all of those things come into play. Relationships are so huge, but especially in that state. And Nunzio already has those uh, pretty well established. And I think that's not only going to help Syracuse with high school recruiting, but it's going to help them with former New Jersey players coming out of the portal. We saw them do that with defensive backs before Nunzio came on in Jaden Gold and Jaden Bellamy. Well, Nunzio is going to be able to do those types of things with former highly regarded recruits in that state and uh, being able to say, hey, I recruited you out of high school. I know it didn't work at your first college. Come over here. We'll take care of you, and you'll be in a good spot. So I think a really good hire by Syracuse. All right, on to basketball, Mike. A couple more for you here. Uh, in this new world we're in, Elijah Moore flies up. He gets to hang with uh, A Boogie with the hoodie and Fabulous and sit courtside and live the high life on the private plane. He commits to Syracuse a few days later. Marcus Adams just made his official visit on Monday. Same thing, sitting courtside, and there's Jalen Hurts. And uh, just this new world we're in where Adam Weitzman is not just upping the profile of Syracuse basketball. He's literally recruiting for them. So Moore is in. Let's uh, get a reminder on him. And then let's talk about Marcus Adams putting Syracuse in his top five. Yeah, Elijah Moore's, you know, he's going to be in the discussion for one of the best shooters in the entire 2024 class. He's absolutely lights it up from the outside, and he's about 6'4", so he's got some length. You know, you put him up at the top of the zone. I think he's got potential there because of that length. And, you know, assuming, of course, that Beheim is still the coach and they're still playing zone at that point, which we don't know 100%, but regardless, he can really flat-out shoot it. I think the biggest key for him is, uh, you know, working on improving his ball handling a little bit so that he can be more than just a, you know, spot-up shooter, and then that's pretty much all he offers you. But he's a guy that, you know, two or three years you look at as one of those prototypical three and D guys, right? Good defensive player because of his length and uh, just a lethal outside shooter. So someone I think that even though he's rated maybe towards the back end of the top 100, top 70-ish, I think has the potential to be a little bit better than that, depending on how he develops in some other areas. Michael, you're the best. Great stuff. We'll be certainly tracking uh, who else comes in via the uh, the Adam Weitzman way, if you will, in the crazy world of name, image, and likeness here. And Crute never stops, and you know that better than anybody. Thanks for the insight, as always, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, and, and I, I forgot to mention Marcus Adams. Oh, that's so right. Just, yeah, let's get Adam. I'll, I'll just mention yeah. him real quick uh, b- before I get out of here. But 6'8", um, forward, can play either forward spot. He's from California. The interesting thing about him is he could be either in the 23 or 2024 recruiting classes, so could go either way there, but Syracuse is kind of recruiting him for both. I think if he ends up in 23, that gives Syracuse a big leg up because the other schools involved, UCLA being a prime example and being a local one for him, already has two four-star power forwards in their class. So, you know, Syracuse doesn't. And I think that gives them a leg up. But as you mentioned, took an official visit, loved it, spoke with Carmelo Anthony, who was a pretty good 6'8 forward himself at, at Syracuse, um, on the visit. 
And I think Syracuse certainly did themselves well. And Adam Weitzman, of course, is involved there with um, NIL opportunities as well. So we'll see how it all plays out. All right. There you go. Now, everything I said a minute ago reapplies here. Thank you, sir. We'll do it again soon. A great insight as always. And fly, Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles fly. Absolutely. There he goes. My man, Mike McAllister, with the goods there. Yeah, the uh, not only the Weitzman way, but... The reclassification to 2023, if in fact that goes through with Adams, would be certainly interesting because as we speak at this moment, there are zero commits in the class of 2023 for Syracuse basketball, and that's due to a number of reasons. Numbers is a reason, and look, if you're looking at six players ahead of you as a recruit and you want to get on the court, that the math doesn't add up there, but just by attrition, by transfer portal, by all the things we see in college basketball, like a few of those spots are just inevitably going to open up. Adams, as you heard Mike say, has got a few big names in there on his top five as well. But it's interesting how Syracuse makes that top five after his visit here. And then we'll see how much that helps make the top one, if you will. That would be another big score for the Orange if, in fact, Adams does commit. We will break. Come back. Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Thank you. SportsTalk.com.